you have your Westover app, please open it. Or if you have your Bible and you want to join us in the book of Genesis chapter number 8. We're in a series right now. I introduced part 1 last week, part 2 this week, entitled Changing Seasons. Are you in a seasonal change? Are you in a season change in life? Maybe, maybe just got married and that's a new season, honeymoon season. Or perhaps just are having children. I spoke to a family in the, in the second service today. They have one child and they're, they're expecting twins. They're going to go from one child to three children just real quickly. It'll be a new season for them. Perhaps you're in the empty nest season. Perhaps you're in a season of recalculation. Could it be that you're in a different season? There's been an interruption. Is, is something going on or is something churning inside of you? Are you sensing in your heart, in your life, that God is doing something different and you haven't quite put your finger on it? You know, you know something's changing and something ought to be different and you haven't quite figured it out. Perhaps it's a season change. Let's talk about it. I, I brought this out today, and of course, I, this is the season that everyone gets out that wears these. You know what this is. This is not a blouse. This is, this is a muscle shirt, right? Yeah, this is the, this is the season you, you wear muscle shirts. Now, this is not mine. I don't wear these. This, this would not look right on me. Okay, I, I don't have the build for a muscle shirt. If you saw my arms, you'd think they're anorexic. I mean, I just, uh, I just don't, I just don't have that. Some of you guys, man, I, I wish I had the, the arms, the biceps that some of you guys, if, if I had your biceps, I would wear this and I'd do what you do. I would blow dry the hair on my chest to stick out too along with that. I mean, now, I, I would do just what you do, okay? I, mean, I, I wish I had. If I had big arms like that, I'd wear this, and I'd get Denise's face tattooed right here. Uh-huh. And I'd have them put it that when I flexed it, she would wink at me. You know, just wouldn't that be cool? I could just look in the mirror and have Denise winking at me every time I flex my, my muscle there. I, I, I don't have the build for this. But this is, this is the season you wear. You wear cool clothes, you wear your muscle shirt. But this is, a, this is something else that we wear in this season. It's a jacket. Winter comes. We don't get many cold days here in San Antonio. But sometimes it gets cold. It'll dip down into the 30s, occasionally in the 20s. Then that wind blows. I'm telling you, I don't like cold weather. And I got I to gotta stay warm. So I put on my coat. So I wear this during the winter season. This is for, for that season. Now, just think with me for a moment. It's summertime. I think I heard that it's going to be 101 today. Did you want to know that? <laughs> 101. Let's just say, let's just say I decided to wear this all day, all week long. I put on this heavy coat. I zip it up. And I put on my coat, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wear my coat all, all week long. Our anniversary is this week, this month, and I say, Denise, put on my coat. Come on, I'm gonna take you out to your favorite 
restaurant for anniversary. Come on, let's go to Taco Bell. Come on, baby. Come on. We're going to go to Taco Bell. And we sit outside in that 100-degree weather, and I have this coat on. Day after day, I just wear this coat all the time. Can I tell you, it, I would be perspiring profusely. It wouldn't be long. I would be miserable. I'd say, what's wrong? Isn't the air conditioning? Is, what's wrong? What's going on here? I am, I am absolutely miserable. Why? Because I'm wearing a coat during the hottest season of the year. I am functioning in one season while living in another season. I'm living in summer, but I'm functioning and I'm wearing my winter coat. Do you know it's possible in life that you can live in one season and function in a different season of life? What are you talking about? You could be in a time when God is saying to you, you need to wait on him. And you're thinking, God, I need to make something happen. So you make quick decisions and become impulsive and you decide to do something. When God is saying, wait, you're in a season, God is saying, wait. But you're functioning and you're making decisions ahead of God. And that's the reason why some of us are so miserable. That's the reason why some of us are so uncomfortable. We're living in one season and we're functioning by another season. I ask you the question rhetorically, what season are you in? And if you're in a summer season, don't function in a winter season. And in life, God teaches us about seasons. And in order to understand seasons, I'm going to go to Genesis chapter number 8, where God establishes seasons on the earth. But before we go there, let me just make mention of one passage of Scripture, and it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 46. And it says this. It says, the spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that became the spiritual. What does that mean, Pastor? Let me explain. Everything God wants to teach you in the spiritual realm, every spiritual lesson we learn, God first teaches us something in the natural world. There is a natural principle. There is a natural lesson. God is saying, learn this. Learn the natural because out of the natural comes the spiritual. The spiritual doesn't come first. The natural, and God says, understand this, then you'll understand the spiritual. Jesus taught us in parables, and he would use a natural illustration. The kingdom of God is like seed that's sown in the soil. The kingdom of God is like unto a person building a house. He used the natural in order to illustrate the spiritual. And I want to suggest to us in Genesis chapter number 8, where God introduces seasons for the very first time, we understand the natural, but we also see something in the spiritual that applies to our lives and perhaps it speaks to you today. Let's go. Genesis chapter number 8, verse number 20 and following. Let me set the scene. This is the account here in Scripture of Noah and the time of the flood. Now it has already rained and poured. The earth is covered with the deluge. After the deluge, 
the ark floats around. It comes to rest upon the mountain peak. And then at a certain time, God says, Noah, you and your family and all the animals, you come out of the ark. And that brings us to our text here. Verse number 20, chapter 8. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord in taking some of the clean animals and clean birds and sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled a pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though the inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood, and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. Verse 22 is where we're going to focus. Now there's something about verse 22 I need you to see. If you look in your print Bible, in fact, I told it to put them on the screen exactly how it appears in the print Bible. I don't know if you've ever noticed in the Bible, verse number 22 is indented. It's not written in paragraph form. It's indented with phrases. It's called a metrical form, a metrical format. It's like a poem. It's like the Holy Spirit took a highlighter and he highlighted this verse and he's saying, pay attention to this. Well, you reading down, this is a place to stop, pause, think about this because I'm teaching you something. It's written in a metrical form. And inside verse number 22 is what I call four spiritual realities. We talked about one last week. We're going to talk about three more this week. Let's read. As long as the earth endures, number one, seed time and harvest. Number two, cold and heat. Number three, winter, summer, excuse me, and winter. Notice something. Number two and number three are not redundant. Cold and heat is not the same as summer and winter. I'll unpack that in a moment. Number four, day and night will never cease. Four spiritual realities that are given to us in the natural that actually speak to us in the spiritual. Let's unpack them. Last week we talked about the law of sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest. It's also called today the law of reciprocity, sowing and reaping. What does it mean? There's a seed time. There's a time you plant, and if you plant at a harvest time, you'll have a crop. Whatever you plant in seed time will grow, and you receive that in harvest time, and it's forever true. The same is true in life. You go to school, you get your degree, you go through your apprenticeship, you apply yourself. That is your seed time. What will be your harvest? When you get a promotion, you start your own business, you go up the corporate ladder, and you become successful in your career path. The same is true in all areas of life. If you want to have a, you want to reap, you want to have a marriage that is happy, then what do you do? You, you, you sow understanding and good communication and care in the marriage. That is the seed time, and then the marriage you get is the happy and satisfying marriage. The law of sowing and reaping. It's not only true of natural weather, that's the natural, but it's also true spiritually. Number two, let's look at the next one. I'm going to call it the law of difference. The law of difference. The Bible said that God established cold and heat. He's not talking about winter and summer. He said here cold and heat, and I'm going to call this the law of difference. You know it's important to know that there are differences. 
You need to know the difference between your microwave going off, your alarm clock, your alarm clock going off, and the smoke alarm going off. It's good to know the difference. It's good to know the difference between a.m. and p.m. We need to know the difference. We need to know the difference in our spouse between their, their needs and their preferences and their wants. We need to know the difference. And the Scripture says that God has established something, and that's cold and heat. Now, for just a moment, stay with me. I'm going to unpack this a little bit. The word cold is an interesting word in the original language. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. It's translated in our Bibles in English, but the original language is Hebrew. Now, the word translated cold in our English Bible is from a Hebrew word that occurs only one time in the Bible. Throughout the Old Testament, when it talks about snow on Mount Hermon, when it talks about weather patterns, when it talks about different expressions or whatever the case may be, this Hebrew word is never used. This Hebrew word is used here and here only, never used again. So God is not talking about winter. He's talking about something else. Let me put it to you this way. This is, this is not the common cold. This is a different cold. And here's what God is saying. You can be in any season and you can still experience cold or hot. You need to know the difference. For example, Denise and I. Denise and I, uh, a few years ago, we went to Colorado Springs. We were there at a conference, and we went to the Focus on the Family, their headquarters there, and we were at a conference, and we had a day off. So we took a day, and we'd never been to Pikes Peak. You have Colorado Springs, and right at, uh, which is at the foot of Pikes Peak, and we decided we were going to go to Pikes Peak, a high, high mountain peak in Colorado. We paid the fare, and we went up the trolley that they have to go all the way to the top of Pikes Peak. We went all the way to the top. We were there during the summertime. But when we arrived to the top of Pikes Peak, it was sleeting snow. It was freezing. We're still in the summertime, but due to the elevation, several thousand feet in the air, it was sleeting snow. We ran inside to where they had a little gathering. I had a, a pavilion there and a, and a curio shop. We got some hot chocolate. When the, when the uh, trolley was going to go back down, we ran and got inside to stay warm, went all the way down, and guess what? It was warm in Colorado Springs. What is God saying? In any season, there can be differences. Jesus will tell us in Revelation chapter number 3, he said, I would rather you be hot or cold. Both are good. Both are good. Cold and hot are good. Just don't be lukewarm. You need to know the difference. You know, in San Antonio, sometimes we can have a blue northern blow through. You turn on the heater. It goes out, and the next day you have your air conditioner on. Have you ever done that? Did you ever have the heater on one day, and the next day you have the air conditioner on? You're still in your season you're still in the same season, but there can be cold and hot within the season. There can be a fluctuation at that time. And here's what God is telling us. We need to understand the difference. In other words, there are times your experience doesn't match your season. We were in the summer season, 
on the top of Pikes Peak and it didn't feel like summer. We were at a different elevation. You can be in a season and it feel like it doesn't match the season. You can be in the perfect will of God and there can be a disruption. There can be a setback. You can be in the will of God in a, in, in a time of waiting and then all of a sudden there, there are so many options before you and you don't know what to do and, it's found, and it feels like confusion in your life. You can be at a moment in which all of a sudden the situation doesn't match the season. For example, I've had people come and say, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I need to make a decision. I prayed about it. I sought God. I knew the path I I trained myself. I went to college. I did this and I did that and I, I followed the path. And I knew this is what God had for me. I prayed about the job. I took the job. I really believe God opened the door for me. I took the job and now I have a manager, I have a coworker that's making my life miserable. Should I quit? I just feel like I want to walk away. I feel like I want to go to a completely different path. I don't even want to be in this career path anymore. You can have a situation that doesn't match your season. And you need to know the law of difference at that time. Remember when we were kids and we would hide something from somebody and we say, why don't you find it? And the person would would begin walking over here, and we say, oh, you're getting cold. Oh, you're getting colder. You're getting cold. Okay, now you're getting warmer. Yeah, you're getting warmer. Warmer, hot, hot, hot. You're, you're, you're burning up. You're hot right there. Were you saying it's snowing in that end of the house, and it's hot in this end of the house? No. What you're telling them in, you need to know the difference. You need to know, you need to decide which way to go. And in life, we need to understand that God has these differences. You can be in your season and God be directing you and you have to be discerning in your decisions. I like going to Las Palapas. That's one of my favorite Mexican food. They have the best, the best tortilla soup. I have my favorite tortilla soup there. But I don't go to, I don't go to Las Palapas because it's like Taco Bell. I go to Las Palapas because it's different from Taco Bell. I married Denise. I didn't marry Denise because she was like my other girlfriend. I married her because she was different from my other girlfriend. I, I drive an Avalon. I don't drive an Avalon because it's like a Mini Cooper. I drive a, an Avalon because it's different from a Mini Cooper. You need to know the difference between a $1 bill and a $20 bill. In life, in order to succeed, we need to know the difference. And in all of our life, God is saying, whatever season you're in, exercise wisdom. And wisdom is the ability to know the difference between the main thing and the secondary things in life. It's discerning the right priority at the right time. Young adults, you need to know the difference between just Mr. Tall, Dark, and Handsome 
and the person God has chosen and the person that God has intended to be a soulmate. You need to know the difference. You need to know the difference between an opportunity and the will of God. Not every job that's offered is the will of God, but there is a pathway that God has for you. There's something God's wired you for that you'll be successful. You need to know the difference. You need to know the difference between a temptation and a blessing in disguise. Men, can I have your attention for a moment? Let me just have, guys, let, let me have your attention. If, if making money and annual income is the most important thing, the devil can get you out of God's will and out of God's season by offering you $4,000 a year more. The devil, if, if all we're going to do is go by annual income, the devil will make sure that something that's not God's will will offer you a higher pay than what God's will is for you in your life. We need to know the difference. And decisions, decisions determine seasons. Decisions. When we make the decision, we're deciding the season. What are you talking about, Pastor? You remember the New Testament, the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 5? A lady came to Jesus, and she had a bleeding condition. There was a crowd around Jesus, and she couldn't get through to the crowd. But the Bible says she pressed through, and she reached out and touched the hem of his garment. One decision changed the season of her life. And she was made whole. Jesus is crucified on a cross. There's a thief on either side. One thief made a decision. He said, I believe in you. And Jesus said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. One decision changed his season. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, there are two pathways or not. There's a narrow path. And there's a broad way that leads to destruction to destruction. You choose, but when you choose, you will determine the season that you walk in. Our decisions determine our season. And we're in the moments that we say, God, I don't know what to do. Remember the law of difference. It can be cold or hot in any season. You must determine what is God's best, what is God intended for you. And don't make the short-sighted decision. Number three, the law of change. The law of change. In verse number 22, here's what it says. There will be summer and winter. And here's what God is saying. If you're in winter, just know summer is coming. It's going to change. And if you're in if you're in summer, just be aware, winter is going to come. Things are going to change. If, if you're in a summer experience and everything is colorful and happy and celebration, I mean, the bills are paid, the kids are doing good, everything is going right, you're just saying, you know what, things are just sweet right now. Hold on, winter is coming. You're in winter? It's a drought. You feel like there's nothing happening. You're, nothing is flourishing. It just seems desolate. It seems barren. It seems like you're going through the routine. 
you work hard and you feel like you're not getting ahead of what is it why why is it that i that i can't make headway in this you're in winter but be encouraged summer is coming the seasons will change it's the law of change and in the bible you can take the word grow, and any time you find the word grow in the New Testament, you could insert the word change. For every one of us, God intends change. God has ordered change in every one of our lives. And when the seasons of change start happening, you can't hold on to the old season. You can't wear the jacket when the 102 weather comes. You've got to change wardrobes. You've got to make changes. People say, well, well, time will just change things. Just I hear people say, give this about we just just, you know, it's not working out. We just give it time. Time does not change things. If time changed things, there would be no marital problems after the first year of marriage. Yeah. I could just tell couples, stay married one year. In the first year, you'll figure out each other's habits. You'll kind of work out the, the temperature and the thermostat, balance the chick. But once you get past everything else, you will work out with time. It will not happen that way. Time does not change things. Needs do not change things. Every one of us knows somebody, and they know and we know they have a need in their life but they continue in a dysfunctional pattern. If, if needs brought change, we would have no use for counselors today. We have counselors because needs do not produce change. Pain, pain does not produce change. Yeah. If pain produced change, there would be, there'd be nobody that would make the same mistake twice. If pain produced change, there would be no second offenders in prison in the penal system in America, but pain does not produce change. What produces change? The desire of the heart produces change. You see, God cannot bring change until we allow it and we want it. Pain does not bring change. Pain brings the desire for change. And when the desire is there for us to change, when Jesus said, when you'll seek first the kingdom, when you want God and you'll seek him with all of your heart, when you make it the priority, when it, when it becomes your focus, then you'll begin to see change occur in that area of your life. But for every one of us, God intends change. And for some of us, we're in winter. Things will change. Summer's coming. You're in summer? Hold on. Don't give up. Change is coming. Winter will come. I tend to like warm weather. Denise, she likes cooler weather. I remember back in October, we had our first little cool front move through, and I told Denise, well, I'm tired of winter. I'm ready for summer to come back. She's, oh, don't do that. I like the cooler weather. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't like cooler weather. I, I'd rather it be warm than I would for it to be, for it to be, ah, uh, ah. Uh cold and I just began to in preparation for this I just began to do some study about winter is there a reason we have winter God you made winter you said winter and summer so God what is the I don't like winter what's the purpose of winter and I found some interesting things about winter what did I learn about winter first I learned that without winter our our ecosystem would not function right 
Yes, we would have pestilence, the vegetation, the, the, the whole ecosystem uh, that, that for, for plant life would, would be altered and destroyed because one thing winter does is winter destroys pestilence, bugs. It reduces the population. Winter, it kills funguses and mold. It, it rids it. The cold weather will kill that. We, we, we need winter. I discovered, did not know this, that during winter, the fruit trees, after they bloom and put the peaches or, or, or the apples or the cherries, that when winter comes, all of the nutrients, all the sap, all the, if you please, the energy, the succulents that produces the fruit goes down the trunk and it's in the root system and it recharges. With, without, without winter, Trees could not continue to produce all the succulent fruit because it would be used up. It would be depleted, and the tree needs the time to regenerate. So the sap goes down into the roots and the trunk of the tree, and it gets regenerated. So when spring and summer come again, you have sweet fruit. There's something else that's occurring. It's called season creep, particularly in the whole discussion of climate change that that if in the in the fall if you have a sudden freeze that comes in the tree will be shocked and say winter is coming and all of a sudden the the sap begins to go down into the root system before winter is fully there and the the fruit that's left will not be as succulent, and maybe there's an extended time of growing opportunity for the fruit. But if, if, if a winter creeps in, season creep happens, all of a sudden it will lose the nutrients, and it throws the tree out of rhythm. The same thing happens in the spring. It's in winter. And then all of a sudden there's a period of, of, of warmth that comes. The tree awakens and say, it's, it's springtime. And all of a sudden, the nutrients come up, and it goes, and the blossom will come out. But there's going to be another freeze that's going to come because it came too early of season creep. And it will send the tree out of cycle, and perhaps the blooms will not come into fruition, and it'll waste that. You say, Pastor, what are you trying to say? Don't be a creep. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> what am I saying? If God has assigned you to a season... Don't pick up and say, God, I'm looking for another season. God, I need another marriage. God, I need something else. I need to get out of this. God, I'm not happy now. Things are not going the way I want. God, it's just not happening. And sometimes we can have season creep, and we want to jump out where God has assigned us, and we want to find a new springtime. We want to find a new thing to excite and bring life and vitality to us. And God says, I have assigned you to this season. And in that season, I have assigned change in your life. Sometimes you don't like the change. At times, we, we resist the change. Sometimes we just, we, we don't want to go through these times of learning. We don't want to be patient. We don't want to go through a season of sacrifice. We want plenty all the time. And God is saying, accept your season. Because in the season, God brings change in our life. And number four, number four is the law of the moment. 
the law of the moment. And it's found in that last phrase in, the, in verse 22. It says, and as long as the earth remains, there will be day and night. Day and night. We really don't know how far back the flood was. Some timelines in some Bible put it five, 7,000. I've read some scholars believe it was 40,000. I've read some that think it was 50,000 years ago. We're not absolutely clear. The timeline of the Bible is, is a little obscure when you go to put the genealogy and the timeline together, so we don't know how long it was. But however long it was, since that time, God has established day and night. It's never failed. That's God's order, day and night. Jesus would tell us in John chapter number 9, he gives us an insight. You've got to work while it's day because you can't work at night. We don't understand that. We have headlights. We have street lights. We have electrical lights in our house. We have flashlights. We really don't understand. But in that day, ox carts did not have headlights on them. There were no street lights. Everything you were going to do in life, everything you needed to sustain, everything you needed to do, all your business had to be done during the day because at night you could not work. Nothing could function. And Jesus said, you have to, you have to take care of matters in the day because at nighttime you can't. It's the law of the moment. And God established this. There's a spiritual law with God, and God has these moments. And something can happen in that moment that can't happen at any other time. And you've got to seize your moment. Parents, you have kids at home, you have a moment with them. Little kids, teenagers, you have a moment. You have a time to instill your values in them. You have a time to put your heart into them. You have a time to speak into them. You can bring leadership. Dad, you can bring leadership now that later on you can't. Culture and life and influence and other things will come in. You have a moment now. It's the law of the moment. Don't miss your moment with your family. Don't miss the moment. There's a time. And when there's something that happens in the marriage and there's conflict and you're, you're working through that. There's a time it can be healed. Seize the moment. Don't let years of bitterness and anger go on. Seize the moment. And in our lives, God brings us these moments, these day moments. In every season, whether you're in winter or you're in summer, there are seasonal moments. You can make decisions then that will change the trajectory of your life just a moment let me have the attention of our men fellas many of us were not raised in a home where our father was the spiritual leader you're in church today and you're trying to guide your family and be for your family what's something you never saw a model in your own life and in your own heart this is a moment and sometimes when you don't know how to do it and it hasn't been modeled for you we go very reluctant in that but I want to call you out. I want to speak to you. I want to invite you. Seize your moment. Be the leader God intends you to be. Set the values on the home. Don't let Netflix and, and, and 
Star and HBO set the, the agenda of values in your home. Be the father that says, here's what we're going to allow and here's what we're not going to allow. Set the agenda. Let it be your voice. I encourage dads. Dads, you need to be the one to wake the kids up and say, come on, we're going to church. Let it be the voice of dad that's speaking that to the kids in the home so they'll remember dad's voice saying, this is God's day. This is God's day. I call us. I call us to to the moment. There's 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 an opportunity you have now. And I want to share with us Commitment to God can schedule a season. Commitment to God can schedule your next season. Do you know the Bible says that your commitment to God can schedule your season, whether you're in summer or winter? Your commitment schedules the season. What does that mean? Acts chapter 3, verse number 19. Repent and turn to the Lord, and God will send seasons of refreshing. Commitment can schedule your season. Malachi chapter number three, tithing will schedule your next season. The scripture says, honor the Lord with a tithe. And then God says this in verse number 11, and then the fruit on your vines will not fall before it is ripened. Commitment can schedule the next season. And in our lives, I call us this day to a moment of commitment. I'm going to invite you to schedule your next season right now. We're going into the altar moment, no one moving. And I'm going to invite you, balcony and main floor, to just close your eyes and bow your heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. And as we go to the Lord in prayer, I'm going to invite you to reflect. Men, are you sensing that God is speaking to you about your moment? Do you, do you have a moment that you, you know you're at that moment? There's, a, there's, there's urgency, if you please, the Holy Spirit has brought to your heart. Urgency that, that God is, is doing something, that God is calling you to do more. God is asking you to step it up, to man up in the home. And maybe you've been busy or you felt intimidated or just using the excuse of other priorities because you, you're moving in uncharted territory. But guys, you're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit today. And you're saying, today's my day. I'm going to seize the moment. I'm not going to let it. I'm going to become the man of God, God intended. If that's you guys, I want you to lift your hand up and put it right back down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. God's talking to you. God, you know that you have a moment. You really sense there's this moment, and you're going to step into that moment. God bless you. Bless you, sir. God's going to honor that. God's going to honor that. Part two of this invitation. I sense there are believers. Maybe you've been in time of confusion. Maybe you've been wondering, what have I done wrong? How come it's winter? How, wh- why, why isn't it working? Why am I frustrated? I, 
Are you in one season and functioning in another season? Like being in the summer and wearing the winter coat and it's just not working and God's talking to you. God's talking to you. There's, there's a commitment that you need to make. You can schedule your season. There's something God is saying, reorder and restructure. It could be nothing more than saying, I'm not going to entertain the exit door out of the marriage. That exit door has, has polarized our relationship together. And I'm going to close that door and say, we're going to work through this. And I, I'm, not, I'm not thinking about leaving. I'm going I'm to give up on that. I'm going to make this marriage work. Is it, is it understanding that your faith is not something that just around the dinner table saying grace and on a weekend going to a church service, it's really living out your values on the job, in your business, and in your everyday life. And God is saying, schedule your season. Make the commitment to be the 24 believer that God intends you to be. If that's you, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand. Young adult, families, yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you in the balcony. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. God bless you. Yeah. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I sense you're in this room. And you have spoken and are speaking to hearts. There are men that are walking in uncharted territory. But down deep inside, they want to be the spiritual leader and the influence for the family and the home. God Give them courage. Give them assurance. Give them confidence. God, just give them the moment to seize now and guide the family during these challenging days of culture. Empower men to be the priest of their home. I encourage these men to take steps, to, to state their values, Perhaps there's been ambivalence and indecision in the past, but to create the moment to sit down with the family and say, it's going to be different from now on because God has spoken to me. I pray for believers. They feel like they're in one season, but the situation doesn't match it. And you're calling them to schedule their next season to make a commitment to the Lord, to make a commitment to the marriage, to make a commitment to the family and not be indecisive and ambivalent. Oh God, grant that for them. God, in the name of Jesus, guide them. Strengthen them, Lord, to be people of influence in culture, at work, among their friends. To not be a dormant believer, but to be a believer that is vibrant and growing and thriving. God, I speak that to them and I call them to the moment of saying, Jesus, you're going to be my Lord and I'm going to live for you and I'm going to honor you with all of my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength. I call believers to settle business with God, to, to honor the Lord in his word in their home, their family, and in their heart. And now I bless your people, God. 
There are believers that are making commitments. This auditorium is an altar right now. They're deciding, and God, they're committing right now to follow you. They're committing, God, to take that step. And the Holy Spirit is going to empower and guide them. And I pray your blessing and your favor on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Go in the love of the Lord.